So we prepare to hear the message this morning brought to us by Chris. Um, we now turn to scripture to read together and have three short readings. Uh, the first two from Isaiah and then one from Micah. So you could follow along on the screen. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then Isaiah 11, beginning at verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, the young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then the final reading from Micah chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. It's the word of the Lord. Thank you. How did we go last night? Did everyone stay up till midnight? Yes, no, any children? Children, did you stay up late or did parents send you to bed after the nine o'clock fireworks? I didn't get any responses there. <laughs> yeah? You went to bed after the nine o'clock fireworks or you stayed up till midnight? No, no. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, uh, we're talking about prophecies 
from the Old Testament that pointed towards that coming day when the Messiah would come. And uh, we've been going through this series in the lead up to and around Christmas and we've had the coming light, the coming deliverer, the morning star, the coming sun. I've used the wrong, I've used the wrong slide there because it, it's got the coming sun highlighted. But it's actually, today is the coming shepherd. The coming shepherd. And so the, the passages that Warren read talk to us about the coming shepherd. Uh, but I wanted to talk to the children for, for a moment or two. We did a song earlier in the service. We all like sheep have gone astray. Ba ba do ba ba. What does that mean? Any, any kids want to make a guess? What does it mean we all like sheep have gone astray? Any ideas? What does it mean to say we're like sheep? How are people like sheep? Yeah, Emmanuel? Sheep represent us. Yeah, that's a good answer. Sheep represent people. That's a, a picture. It's, a, it's, it's sort of like an illustration. It's, it's a way of trying to help us think about something. What, what are sheep like? Does anyone know what sheep are like? They follow. They follow each other, yes. Sometimes they follow each other into difficult places where they shouldn't be. A year or so ago, I was watching um, a program on the television called Clarkson's Farm. Some of you may be aware of that. Jeremy Clarkson, famous from Top Gear. And he's done this television program about his farm and he, he bought a bunch of sheep and the sheep are always finding the hole in the fence to get through. And we're a bit like that as people. Sometimes we go the wrong way. And so the big idea today is that sheep need a good shepherd they need someone to look after them, someone to guide them. And if we're like sheep, and that's what Isaiah 53, 6 uh, tells us, if we're like sheep, then we need a good shepherd. So in the Old Testament, shepherds are talked about quite a lot. And most of the time in the Old Testament, when shepherds are being talked about, it's talking about God's shepherds for his people. It's not talking about shepherds who are shepherding sheep. Occasionally it is. But a lot of the times when the Bible talks about shepherds, it's talking about leaders of God's people. Priests, Levites, kings, particularly kings. And there's a lot of passages that talk about bad shepherds. And there's some that talk about good shepherds. And so, for instance, in 1 Kings 22:17, we're told that the people of Israel were like sheep scattered on the mountains, like sheep that have no shepherd. It's not a good idea for the sheep to be up on the mountain. They need to be in the pasture where the, the green grass is. It's a scary, dangerous place for sheep to be up on the mountain. And, but this was 
a way of talking about God's people, the Israelites. And we're told that they were scattered. There's lots of other things said about bad shepherds. Bad shepherds are people that have no understanding and yet they were trying to tell the Israelites that they knew everything. Bad shepherds turned to their own way. They didn't follow God's ways. Bad shepherds were more concerned with feeding themselves than feeding their sheep. In other words, these were people who were meant to be leaders, who were meant to lead the Israelites in how to follow God, but they were more interested in getting rich themselves than in providing God's people with good instruction. And we're told that sheep that the Israelites were like people who were scattered, sheep scattered, that became food for wild beasts. And bad shepherds don't go out and search for lost sheep. In contrast, we're told that good shepherds, they gather the lambs in their arms. They're tender-hearted towards them. We're told in Psalm 78, verse 72, that, that King David, who was one of the good kings that he shepherded Israel we're told with a skillful hand and an upright heart in other words he was good at what he did but he also he was in the right relationship with God good shepherds were told feed sheep they they provide food for sheep in other words good spiritual shepherds they provide people with good instruction in how to follow God and the sheep they dwell secure and good shepherds when someone in the flock has moved away a good shepherd goes to seek them out to bring them back to the flock and that can happen in life can't it sometimes there's someone that you might know that has been following Jesus but then they start getting involved with the wrong crowd of people or they stop coming along to church and to kids church and we can go and reach out to them and encourage them to come back so Old Testament bad shepherds good shepherds I wonder has anyone, now this is a bit of a, an aside to make a point. The other night at home, we watched Matilda the Musical. Has anyone seen Matilda the Musical? Or have you seen the original Matilda movie? Or have you read the book by Roald Dahl, Matilda? Children, yeah? We've got some nods around the place. Well, in the story of Matilda, there's a very bad... Um, angry headmaster Miss Trunchbull and she's very harsh and then there's a lovely teacher called Miss Honey and I want to ask you children would you rather have Miss Trunchbull or would you rather have Miss Honey hands up for Miss Trunchbull there's no hands up. Oh, no, I think there was a cheeky one there. <laughs> hands up for Miss Honey. If you'd rather have Miss Honey, yes. So 
think of that idea and put yourself in the place of God's people, the children of Israel, the people, the Jewish people, for hundreds of years, for generations, they had lots of bad shepherds and not very many good shepherds. Wouldn't you just be longing to have a good shepherd, someone that would care for you instead of caring for themselves, someone that would look after you, someone that would help you to find spiritual food? Remember, the big idea is if we're sheep, we need a good shepherd. And the big question today is, can any person ever be a good enough shepherd? See, because some of the main people that were meant to be shepherds in Israel were the kings of Israel. The first king of Israel, Saul... Well, he didn't do a very good job. And the next king of Israel, David, well, he did pretty well. And in fact, we read in 2 Samuel chapter 5, in times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you, talking about David, who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, so God made uh, a promise to David, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel and you shall be prince over Israel. So first two kings of Israel, one was bad, one was good. The next king of Israel, Solomon. Well, we're told in one king, so Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. And when you read through the Old Testament, there's all of these kings, king after king after king, and there's always a statement to evaluate how the king went, to rate them, to say this king did good in the sight of the Lord or this king did evil. This king was a good shepherd or this king was an evil shepherd. Now the problem is when you look at all of those, I don't know how well that comes, can everyone sort of see that? Okay. Okay. The problem is that of all of these kings of Israel and Judah, the ones who were meant to be shepherding God's people, the ones who were meant to be caring for God's people, there was 30 that were bad, five that you might say were a bit of a mix of good and bad, and four that were good. That's a bit of a problem. So for hundreds of years... There's all these bad shepherds and hardly any good shepherds. And so God did something pretty incredible and special. God said, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. This is in Ezekiel chapter 34. I encourage you, if you want to find out about good and bad shepherds and what God thinks... Uh, look at that whole chapter of Ezekiel chapter 34. But God says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I'm actually going to turn over to this in my Bible because there's quite a bit more there in Ezekiel chapter 34. God says, 
I will seek the lost. And I myself, uh, sorry, and I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Here's God saying, I'm going to be the good shepherd. Now, when we look at the passages that uh, Warren read for us today, these are prophecies about the coming good shepherd. And what do we learn about this coming shepherd? Well, we learn from Micah that he was born in the line of David. In Micah 5 verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. That place, Bethlehem, that was the birthplace of King David. Remember, other kings were often evaluated by whether they followed God like their father David. And King David is held up as being one of the, one of the good kings. He wasn't perfect. The Bible tells us that he wasn't perfect and shows how he made mistakes and sinned sometimes. But it also says he was a man after God's own heart. So here's a prophecy that says that from the same birthplace as David, he's going to come a ruler. And that ruler, when we turn over to Micah 5 verse 4, he shall stand and shepherd his flock. This is a prophecy that says one day there's going to come another shepherd king. David was a shepherd king. You might not have known that, but David was a shepherd before he became king. He's a physical shepherd, like he had sheep that he shepherded. And then God took him from that and made him king to shepherd God's people. And here we have a prophecy saying one day, there's a coming day when there will be another shepherd king. And this shepherd king will shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. So he's going to be a godly shepherd, a good shepherd. We're told that his reign will be universal. We read, and they shall dwell secure. That's the flock. They shall dwell secure for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. So this shepherd is this shepherd king that was predicted is going to have a universal reign over the whole world. And then when we look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 we read of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. So 
Here's that universal reign of the increase of his government. There will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. So here's a shepherd king in the line of David. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with right, justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. It's an everlasting kingdom. There's going to come a shepherd king who will have a universal reign which will last forever. And then when we read in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God. And when we read the rest of that passage that Warren read for us, it talks about, you know, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Has anyone ever seen that happen in real life? A wolf dwelling with a lamb? The leopard shall lie down with the young goat? Really? I've never seen that or heard of that. The calf and the lion and the fattened calf together? Doesn't, doesn't the lion kill the calf for its food? But here we're, we're talking about a time when all of the animals are going to dwell in peace with one another. It's an idyllic reign. So here are things that we know about the coming shepherd. There's a lot more. You can go through the Old Testament and you'll find other things. I just picked up those six from the passages that we had read today. So, they were looking forward to a coming shepherd. Now, I want to just have a th put this in a timeline for us to get an idea of the anticipation. Right, so, King David was about 1000 BC. And then we started to have mainly bad kings, an occasional good one. And there started to be prophecies around the year 800 BC through to about 400 BC. There was a lot of different prophecies from Isaiah and Micah and others about the coming shepherd. And then we know that the birth of Jesus happened somewhere around about, I'm going to say naught, but scholars tell us that our dating is all wrong. It's about 4 BC, apparently. Jesus was born four years before we now calculate the Christian era as having started. But anyway, for hundreds of years, for hundreds and hundreds of years, for generation after generation, for children, for your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-great-grandparents and your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, all of these people were looking forward to a king shepherd who would come, who would be good, who would be godly, who would set up a universal and eternal reign, who would be filled with the Spirit of God. Can you feel that anticipation? that was building as prophecy after prophecy talked about the coming shepherd king.
So let's move now to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, we have, Matthew gives us a genealogy. It's, it's boring to read, but it's very meaningful. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Jude. And it goes on listing all of these names. And David, verse 6, was the father of Solomon. So we've heard of David, we've heard of Solomon. And it keeps going. And then we have right down in verse 16. And Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So although Jesus was born to Mary, he was born of the Holy Spirit. We know that from other scriptures, but the line in which he was born into, the line of David, Jesus was born into that line. And Jesus was a godly shepherd. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Jesus cared about people. As Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus looked at the people and he had compassion for them. He's a good shepherd, a godly shepherd. And we know that Jesus was spirit-filled in Luke and in lots of other parts. But in Luke chapter 3, verse 22 about the baptism of Jesus, we read, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And then, just a little later in chapter 4, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And then just a little later, in verse 14, same chapter, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hundreds of years earlier, these things were predicted that there would come a shepherd king born in the line of David, a godly shepherd, a spirit-filled shepherd. And so the second big idea, is it too hard for children to keep, what was the first big idea? First big idea is sheep need a good shepherd. Second big idea, Jesus is the good shepherd we need. You just remember the second one. If you can't remember the first one, just remember the second one. Jesus is the good shepherd we need. But you might ask yourself some questions. What about these predictions? Universal reign, everlasting kingdom, idyllic reign. And, and I've never seen a wolf lying down with a, a sheep, with a lamb. Some of those things, they seem crazy, don't they? 
Well, the way we understand these things is that Jesus has come and his kingdom has arrived, but it hasn't come fully yet. There's still lots of people who say, I don't follow Jesus. I don't believe Jesus is my king. There's some of us who say, yeah, Jesus is my king. And some of us are coming under the reign and rule of Christ. But there's lots of people that are not yet. And so our understanding is that some of these prophecies, parts of them are for the future for us. Let me go back here to the timeline of anticipation. You see, they were looking forward to the coming of a shepherd king and we believe Jesus is that shepherd king but we are now looking forward to the time when Jesus comes again. He's gone into heaven. He prays in heaven for us. He intercedes for us. He sent us the Holy Spirit and when we become believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into us to empower us to follow him. But we haven't yet seen the fullness of God's kingdom. And when he comes again, then we will see that. One of my favorite passages in the whole of the Bible is in Revelation chapter 21, where it says, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. That's an idyllic reign of Jesus. When Jesus comes again, it will be the most beautiful time for believers because we will be with God. He will be with us. The lion will lay down with the, was it the goat? Can't remember. Go back to it. It's good to get it right. The lion, the the calf, there we go, the, the calf and the lion will lie down together. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. It's a description of a, a wonderful, it, it's a perfect time where there won't be pain or death or tears. And that's an everlasting kingdom, a universal reign. And so we look forward to the coming of our shepherd Jesus. So how, how can we put this to good use in our lives today? I want to encourage you to entrust yourself to Jesus, the tender shepherd. You know, we can hear all of this stuff and it can just be knowledge in our head. But you actually need, if you want to be part of the reign of this shepherd king. You need to entrust yourself to him. 
And he's tender. He cares for people. He gathers the lambs in his arms. Are you hurting? Is there something that's gone on in your life that's brought pain? Jesus, he's a tender shepherd. He cares for you. He looked at the people, at the crowds, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he wanted to provide that care for them. Psalm 23, Arden. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is the tender shepherd, Jesus. If you haven't entrusted yourself to him, I want to encourage you today. What better day than the start of a new year to start a brand new life in Jesus? Trust Jesus to provide your needs. Ask Jesus to calm your fear and anxiety. Allow yourself to be gathered to the flock. Now, you're all here, so this is maybe a message for people that are online Sometimes people say, oh, well, I like Jesus, but I don't know about the church. When Jesus tells the story of the 99 sheep and there's one that's gone missing and the good shepherd goes and finds that one sheep, the shepherd brings the sheep back to the flock. And if you're hurting if you're watching online and, and you think, I don't know about the church, I want to encourage you, allow Jesus to bring you back to the flock where there will be other people that can encourage and walk with you. Engage with trustworthy under-shepherds. You might not have ever heard the word under-shepherd before, but in the the first letter of Peter near the end of the Bible. Peter talks about elders in the church are like under shepherds of Jesus. If, if you want to come under the godly reign of Jesus, the shepherd king, then I encourage you to engage with trustworthy under shepherds who can guide you and encourage you and spur you on and rebuke you when needed. And we all need that. I was saying that to myself as much as to anyone else. 
We need trustworthy under-shepherds that we can engage with. Find sustenance in God's word. And live in the light of eternity. There is a coming day, that coming day, when Jesus will return. When everything will become this idyllic, everlasting, universal reign of Christ. Look forward to that final fulfillment. Be encouraged. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you decided that you would be our shepherd. And that you sent Jesus who came to be the good shepherd who knows his sheep and calls them by name. Thank you that you call us by our names and that you want to tenderly care for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.